0: Welcome to the Why We Write Fantasy Podcast, a podcast about all the reasons why we love to write and read fantasy, with your hosts, Oscar Sesena and KJ Yello
1: Hello and welcome back to the Why We Write Fantasy Podcast. Uh, I'm Oscar Sesena and
0: I'm KJ Yello.
1: So today we'll be talking about world building. This is uh, our second episode of the season and we're very excited about it. Uh, world building is something that we really like, and we, especially if we're writing fantasy, something like that, is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that we'll be talking about today, uh, it's like we're going to do like a quick overview of world building, kind of like what it is, uh, what it's important, mm-hmm. what are the different types of world building, uh, how each one of us approaches world building, because both KG and myself, we have very different approaches to world building, and uh, and we'll also want to. I'd like, show, tell you a little bit about the things that we, the challenges we face? Um, Because, yeah, you're facing everything. We all face challenges.
0: This is is Oscar's thing, not mine.
1: (laughs) He's so much better at world building. (laughs) No, I think everybody is good at world building. So let's talk a little bit about what world building is.
0: Yes. Um, I think that you probably know this a bit better than I do, but we're not getting into, you know, the nitty gritty, the right. masterclass, the one one world building.
1: Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I think the first thing we just want to say is like world building is basically setting up this, the stage of where the story is happening. Uh, it could be mm-hmm. uh, like like a fictional world, like brand new world, like uh, like thinking about like Tolkien's Middle Earth or something like that. Or it could be a world that we already know. When We're talking about like low fantasies type. Like it could be in our mm-hmm. world, it's just. But we need to set it up. We need to tell the reader what world building is, uh, from from our point of view and what the world looks like. Right. And to your point, right. KJ, the like there's. I would say it's this is like oversimplifying world building,
0: <laughs> but the idea mm-hmm. is
1: that mm-hmm. we have two types of approaches. We either have top down or bottom up, and the way that would you define it quickly it's like top down is you build the world first you set up cultures countries or whatever or kingdoms depending on what you're doing and then once you have the world built you just throw your characters in there and you start telling the story with all the things that you already know that that exist in the world and the bottom right. up is kind of like the, the the other approach is uh is more um this is my character. This is my story, and I'm gonna start building the world around what the character needs. Both of them are valid. It's very difficult in the end, unless the author tells you. It's very difficult to see which approach people take as a reader. You will never know what they did unless the author tells you. I think uh, I think I've talked a lot, and uh, people are here <laughs> to hear you as well. So, KJ, but let's. They wanna uh, me? <laughs> <laughs> of course, they want to hear you. Um, <laughs> What, what is your, your let, let's talk about our approach. So I'm going to let you go first. So yeah. our approaches to world building.
0: Right. So, the, you know, the traditional, what we think about world building being, you know, the building, the world, the geopolitical systems, the maps, yada, yada, yada. I cannot do that. I really admire writers who can do that. It's just, and I love a book where I get the map at the front. I think it's just like, but I don't do yeah. that. Um, for me, my world's. Because I write a lot about mental illness and psyche and psychology and trauma and that sort of you know really cheerful stuff, um, my worlds tend to be more inner worlds that the character has constructed, whether they know it or not. Some examples of that actually, I just finished reading. I have it here: um, Susanna Clark Piranesi. Um, I just finished reading it a couple of days ago, and how she actually constructs her world—it's based—it's based on how the main character has compartmentalized trauma. That's my interpretation of it. Now, it is upmarket, almost literary fantasy fiction. So because of that, there are multiple interpretations that you can take, and all of them would most likely be right. But for me, that's what it is. I also loved The Midnight Library, Matt Haig. And it's similar concept where the world that's been built is it feels like it's a construct of the character's psychology and how she is dealing with um, suicide and suicidal ideations and a will to live, um, which I love so much. Um, Another type of world that I'm not great at, but I really respect is um, R.F. Kong, uh, Babel, how she's actually, this is like a world uh, she's built for retelling. She's retelling the story of colonialism, of oppression, of colonization, of appropriation, slavery um, through a magical system that is set in our world in Oxford, uh, the UK. So, those are the kind of worlds that I really gravitate towards, and particularly when I'm writing, um, I love to to have this world that is reflected, uh, reflective of my character's own inner psyche. So I think it's the character who builds the world. So I would definitely be, what is that, a bottom up approach? Bottom
1: up, <laughs> bottom up approach kind of thing. Yeah, I would yeah. totally
0: be a bottom up approach. It's just I build my character first, and then I would put them in the build the world around that. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
1: How about you? It makes sense. So in in my case, uh, it's uh, it's a bit different. Like I like building worlds. I like I like maps. I like. Uh, I don't know, setting up some like setting up some boundaries of mm. what the world is about. Um like for example yeah. in, the, in the what I'm writing right now is uh I built the world. I think I have, I have written more about random stuff on the world than mm. i actually have written about like uh, the story. Yeah. So like I always say like I love world building. It's I, I love it. Like I, I I love learning about worlds. And world building can be amazing. Like it, it, just draws me in, it, and I can spend hours building a world. But it's a right. waste of time. Like <laughs> at the, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a waste of time. A, I mean, it it not it, it, it It's not a waste of time for me. Can, can we just
0: like like put a modifier on that? We're thinking of like I think you're referring to things like a Tolkien's appendices and the amount of lore and world building that he put into it. Is that what you're referring to? I,
1: no, no, I'm thinking of like I in general. Never mind. I do I do love those events. Like I, I'm I'm happy to read pages and pages of just like look. Mm-hmm. That's I, I love that. And I think that's why why my approach is more like I need to set up this world and uh, and now that I have the world, I'm gonna throw people in there and now I'm gonna start mm-hmm. telling a story. However, right. I'm not that I'm not that rigid on that. Like when I'm writing, if my character is going somewhere and I think about something about a world that will be important for for my character and it doesn't exist yet,
0: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm
1: happy to take a different approach and just build something in there like bottom up and it just goes into the other pages. Like what happens yeah. is that, let's say that I need a new city because my character is here and he needs to, or she needs to get into, uh, into a city, I create a city What's going to happen there in my in my world building process is that I'm going to build this city quickly for my character when I'm telling the story, but then I'm going to start mm-hmm. thinking about the city in I would say my spare time, and mm-hmm. I'm going to start writing about the city. So it becomes the city becomes like a massive thing um, in my world, but maybe the character is just there for like one night. But I I like to yeah. to build those things. I like to build those things like top down. I, I, I wouldn't say that we that we all do either bottom-up or top-down and that's it. It's not black and white. We usually mm-hmm. do a lot of things in between. It's just that we prefer one or the other to start.
0: Yeah, and it definitely depends on the motivations of, like, what are motivations for our characters? What is it? What is their journey? What are their inner conflict, their ex- external conflict? Um, you know, for me, my characters and what I love to read – um, it's very much. It's all inner conflict. There's a little bit of external conflict, but I love to know. You know, my character. I love the interiority. I love the idea of this world that a character has built in their own head, and then at the end, you're going, "Oh my god! Oh yeah! Okay, I see. Yeah. I see the signs all along. Now, it's just, and it's it's such a beautiful way to illustrate." Some really complex topics. And this is one of the things that I love about fantasy so much. And what draws me into writing fantasy is that fantasy can actually be a medium, a way for us to understand and explore topics that are just so difficult, you know, for our, to wrap our heads around and to talk about.
1: Like I'm trying to think about the things that I, that I like. Like, for example, like you were showing some of the books that I have, like one of the ones that I have yeah. here, it's Lord of the Rings, of course. Yeah, It's one of my favorite <laughs> world building things, but also yeah. over here. Uh, I have I have this one that I really like. It's the the book of Earthseas. Uh, also also like again, yeah. I love this world. It's like I think the the world seems so vast that that's what draws mm-hmm. me into that. But again, like there's yeah. a, a lot like and and we're talking about this before. Like the the influence that we have um, on the the things that we like to read and we like to yeah. consume. It says a lot on the things that we want to write. Like for example, yeah. I, I I do like. Campaign settings. I've been playing um Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and Warhammer and a lot of RPGs in since I was 14, so yeah, for t- 30 years ago. And I really love consuming those things. Like one example, I just got this book over here. It's a it's a campaign setting from Pathfinder. It's called Yeah, The, the Lost Lost Omens. That's a campaign. Set- and honestly, this is just infodump. It's the idea is that you yeah. get a sense of the world, and you can yeah. you can throw your your characters, your the people you're playing with, into there. And you, I build the story, but I already have mm-hmm. the, all this lore that is telling me not how to build the story, but it's giving me a lot of ideas. So, right, I, I do like those things. So uh, there's a, there's a there's a bunch of um, other type of world building, other worlds that you like. I mean, you were talking about Piranesi, and uh, I yeah. read it, and I think it's. Um, I know like magical realism is more like Latin American things. Like I grew up Mm -hmm. in Mexico, as I mentioned, like I am from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I grew up reading magical realism because that's part of what we we have. Like we have uh, have Carlos Fuentes, he's uh, he's an amazing author. Uh, For example, we have Pedro Paramo, which is the kind of like, some people say that it's the best book that was written in Mexican literature. Uh, And all those are magical realism. And when I was reading Piranesi, even though, the like Suzanne Clark is not, uh, is not Latin American or she doesn't have that culture. I've, I saw a lot of things that were similar right. and I kind right. of enjoy that. I enjoy, enjoy that even though it's something that it was born in Latin America, it was born out of the culture, the Latin American culture, mm-hmm. it, it now has expanded and it, it has influenced other, other cultures, other countries. And I, I love, I love seeing that. But I'm, yeah. Getting, I'm getting, yeah, I'm learning from the topic a lot. So, <laughs>
0: No, but actually you brought up a really great point there is that um, magical realism, yes, definitely is a Latin American thing, but there is um, a liminality there as well. So liminal fantasy, which is like, I am so drawn to liminal and intrusive fantasy when it comes to my world building, because there's so much interiority there that you can work with. There's so much psychology you can work with. Um, And in both Piranesi and the Midnight Library, Matt Hague's The Midnight Library it is the, it is a liminal fantasy because our characters are put into a world that's in the in between, and it's that in between that is constructed by their own psyche, by their own experiences, and their belief systems. And I absolutely love that, and I think it's a writer who can nail that. It just no. take my money, take all my money <laughs> now, <laughs> you know. And I'm not entirely sure that that needs a lot of technical. World building, like traditional technical world building.
1: We bring a really good point. And when you said like the traditional, like technical world building, and I think Mm -hmm. that we have, we might have a misconception there. And and maybe it's not a misconception. What I'm saying is that some people think that world building is actually building a world, like top down. It's building a world and then you throw the people in there. And it's like, like sometimes you like, One of the things you said now, like I'm not good at world building, you are. It's just that you're just a different approach, and it's uh, it's something that you don't really. I mean, you don't. You might not put it in paper. You might not be like me that I have a binder over there that it's just about my world, and and it's honestly and the reason why I say it's a waste of time, it's more like a joke than it's not a waste of time for me at all, Um, because it helps me get immersed in my world and I can get. Other ideas for when I'm writing the story, but right. we we just I think it's uh, it's it's one of the misconceptions like we grew up with like especially if you're reading fantasies if you're like a, a fantasy writer or a fantasy reader. We know that Tolkien is kind of like it's whatever he did is a masterclass on world building, but that doesn't mean that, mm-hmm. that that's the only approach. Like it's true. Let's go back to Piranesi or the Metad Library. Those are worlds in, in the, mm-hmm. in the context of the books. Those are worlds that exist only for 200, 300 pages. And mm-hmm. as long as that world is well-constructed and it makes sense internally, it's cohesive and, and everything, it's just, you, you will see that honestly, it doesn't matter how it yeah. was done. Like, I mean, I'd, I've never uh, read any interviews with Susan Clark or anything, but maybe she will tell us like, you know what? I built this world. I built this this magical house uh, first, and then I Mm -hmm. thought about putting Pyronessy in there. We don't know because I said like the technique that writers use. It's it it doesn't really impact the outcome as long as it's done well. It doesn't really impact Mm -hmm. the outcome.
0: Right, right. And I even think about small worlds. Like I've got um, here the house in the cerulean sea by T.J. Clune. It's such a this is such a sweet fantasy novel, and he's he's. Uh, Like the world that he's created is our world, but it's changed because there are magical creatures, like uh, humans who they're almost like, you know, meta humans in a way, but they have magical abilities or they can do different things. Like, I think, you know, that's world building, too. And that's, I think, done really well. And I don't know if Clune, if he decided on the characters first or if he decided on the world first, like, hey, what if there were orphans and they were orphans because they were magical and people were scared of that, you know? Who knows what what his psychology was behind that. But I love worlds like that, too. Again, hard to write. I mean, writing is hard. Let's be real.
1: Writing is hard, yeah. Writing is hard. uh, Yeah, that's... that's But even, like, new writers, again, like, I think a lot of us get, I would say, uh, intimidated with the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I'm an exception, but... It's because I've been writing worlds and writing those things since I started playing RPGs. So yeah. for me, it's not that intimidating. Also, it's something that I actually look forward to. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, like even you, KJ, like you're an experienced mm-hmm. writer. You have a lot of things. And at the beginning of the episode, you said, like, I'm not good at world building.
0: Yeah, I think I it's, just, that. it's
1: just, <laughs> yeah, please retract that. <laughs> but uh, retract it's it. uh, <laughs> the... I think the the issue is honestly that it's it's just it, people get intimidated because we have this massive tomes of uh, of lore that we love and we believe. Well, I said we like me. I know people. Some people don't really like that much the lore, but it's it's just intimidating. Like you think about mm. the Lord of the Rings. It's a trilogy. Um, let's say a thousand or more more than a thousand pages to read. But then, if you go into the lore, you have okay. You have 10, 20 times that. So, yeah. do I need to build a twenty thousand page lore? Uh, I don't know binder
0: mm-hmm. to write
1: a story. No, no. We can just write a story wherever we want to.
0: Yeah. So I think what we're you know trying to get at here is that. There's no real template for what world building is. I mean, you've been trying to ingrain that in me since I think we first met and started talking about world building. <laughs> maybe because I'm like, I suck at world building, and you're like, but or maybe you just have the wrong perception of what world building is. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. World yeah.
1: building is not is not a history book. I mean, could be if you like that. Yeah, if you are like me that you that you enjoy reading campaign settings for fun. Yeah, um, where there's like okay this is 300 pages of info dump so you can put your players in your next uh, uh rpg session in the world then then yeah maybe you're not good at world building because you have never r- written a thousand pages yeah. of lore but if we think about the world of i mean the world the world needs to make sense and needs to leave between the first page and the last page of your story that's it mm-hmm. yeah unless we're thinking about building i don't know star wars like you think of star wars Ooh. there's movies there's comic books there's novels there's a lot of things yeah. that follow many different characters around the the galaxy okay maybe you need more than just the world yeah. that makes sense from page one to page 300 but yeah how many of those do we have honestly
0: yeah i, I there there are still a lot of worlds that are coming out like that or being published is what I mean. Um, and I'm even thinking about, you know, like N.K. Jemison's The Earth, the, the Stone Earth Chronicles. Is that what I always forget what the trilogy is called? Um, I read the first the one that book starts with just the, like,
1: the fifth season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I read the first book. And it's just like so good. It's mind blowing. I had a hard time getting into, I think, about the first quarter of it. Um but I think it's because my attention span is like you're you're so used to fast paced at this point. So yeah. stuck with it, mind blowing, just like it was so good. But I think about that and i I wonder how much of it did she actually how much of the background work did she did she lay down first just for herself in order to be able to, you know, tell us this story, this and give us this rich lush. Well, not quite lush because it's pretty much a desolate and devastated world that she's built here. But you know what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. So it also makes me wonder, and I think this is definitely just sort of a rhetorical, open ended question. It's like, what did she build first? Did she build the world with this question of, you know, what would our world look like in, you know, whatever the case may be? Um, so if you're listening, N.K. Jemison, can you please drop me an email and let me Tell know what she you. built <laughs> Just please. <laughs> And also that, I love you.
1: <laughs> you know what? That actually brings us to our first point that we we're talking about how world building yeah. is done. In the end, the outcome is yeah, as long as it's well executed, it doesn't yeah. matter which approach people take. Like yeah. I think if, if we can make a, a world that is that makes sense, not only not only for the characters, but for the rest of the world in the in the book, it, it's just yeah. perfect. Because I, I think one of the things that some people for, forget when they're writing a world, like, especially when you're writing urban fantasy of those type of things. Mm-hmm. It's like anything that you change in the world will have an impact in the whole world. Like, right? you, you cannot say, okay, this is our, our world. It's the same as always. But you know what? There's magic. Like, we right. talked a little bit about. In, in the last episode, like if I can cast a fireball, like the the world would yeah. be completely different. There will be changes in the world. <laughs> so I think that's yeah. that's part of the things that we that people need to be careful. I yeah. mean, the, the good thing is when you're writing your, I mean, it's pros and cons. But when you're writing your own world, let's go back to Tolkien, like Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. That's been, he can he could do whatever he wants. Like yeah, the map he just built a map. He needs a forest here. He'll put a forest here. There's magic like this. You can do everything when you're writing like low fantasy, like urban fantasy, especially you need Mm -hmm. to be careful with, with how the world and the changes you're making into the world are going to affect everything. Like, yeah. If there's magic in your world, will religions exist? Like, because now you have a tangible thing to explain faith. Like,
0: Right. will religions
1: will be what they are right now? Uh, yeah. Will we have Christmas? Will we have uh, uh, all, all the other um, things that we have in the world? Like what What about uh, economy? Yeah. How do the economies yeah, yeah, move yeah. around if you have teleport? Well, maybe mm-hmm. we don't need to build like massive planes because you can just yeah. teleport from here to there. So all those things will yeah. impact the world. And I think especially when you're writing urban fantasy, and I'm not saying that you need to write like a 20 pages, like 20,000 pages of lore. But you need to be mindful that um, whatever you're introducing in the world, it impacts everything.
0: Yeah. I think also this is where beta readers come in handy too. And that's a specific question that you can ask your beta reader. Um, And if anybody doesn't know what a beta reader is, a beta reader is somebody that you would, you know, you can hire a beta reader, but you can also get, you know, like your writing group, if you really trust them and their their opinions, their critique, get them to read your 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 manuscript and they'll give you feedback that will help you improve it. So this didn't make sense here and this is why it didn't make sense. So if your beta reader is pointing out, okay, so you have a magic system where people can cast fireballs, but you live in New York City. So what about when you're in a traffic jam? How would fireballs be used? <laughs>
1: I just read A Master of Djinn and yeah. it's a steampunk. It's steampunk. It's uh, like Victorian era in Cairo, but the things yeah. that uh, like genies appeared in, in the world. And when, when the genies came back to, to Cairo and, and they have like all these powers and everything, the, mm-hmm. the wo- the way that Cairo was transformed. I mean, it's also steampunk. Like you have like flying yeah. ships, those things. Uh, But the way that Cairo was transformed is like, it's no longer like, at like think about the Victorian era, historical Victorian era, that you have Mm -hmm. London as the center of the world, like England as the Mm -hmm. center of the world. Now Cairo is more like the center of the world because you have all these new powers. And even though you have, and and I think one of the things that, uh, I forgot the name of the author, um, but one of the things that he does... P. J. Clarke, Clark, yes. P. J. Lee Clark, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love the book. Like, honestly, the, the world mm-hmm. for me was, like the world building there was amazing. Um, but one of the things he does really well is that there's, like he he mentions like Napoleon, but the thing mm-hmm. is that it happened before the djinns, the, the genies and, and everybody and all these magical creatures came back. So the history is the same until the moment they came back and now you have this this little span of, of time where everything changed and you move the uh, the power center from like historical England, Victorian England mm-hmm. to Cairo. Yeah. So I think those are the things that, that make, I, I think it's just to add to your point, like it just, uh, mm. it's just, it's, it's being mindful of the things that happen around the world.
0: Yeah. It's the, uh, the ripple effect. I love that you, you bring that up, but also you were bringing up something that we're going to be talking about uh, later in the season is world building, building, through retelling. So P. Jelly Clark's A Master of Djinn, as well as um, Babel, are R. F. Kuang, Um, that is, these are basically stories that are told with magic, but they're told in a sort of an alternative future or alternative history. So what would have happened if? So in Babel, it's what would have happened if there was a magic system that used silver bars and that played with this idea of language and language also being commodified as well. Um, you know, and you have a master jinn. What would have happened if, you know, genies came to Earth and magic came to Earth? And then the entire geopolitical power structure shifted from London to Cairo, which I think is super cool. I love that idea. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean his his this novel was really well reviewed, The Master of Jin, and good for him. I think he he's come out with a second one, or he's coming out with a second one. I don't know. I think so.
1: I don't know. I'm just going yeah. it. to I, I love. I mean, the, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like all this like steampunk, cyberpunk, those things, and yeah. as well as fantasy. But I think, uh, uh, especially in this case, like not only being steampunk, but adding mm-hmm. all these magical creatures there, uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love like he's used the lore, the mythology, that sort of thing. Um, But I'm wondering, though, if we could bring this into our writing practice, if you have a few things that you um, like pieces of advice that you could give or some experiences that you've had, because I know that you're building a very traditional, um, traditional type of world building system, but you're not, you're writing sci fi. So if there's anything that you could add there about writing your world.
1: Um. Well, research. That's uh, that's an mm-hmm. important thing. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like we are. I mean, the the fact that as humans we connect with our history, we connect with everything that happened before. Our the world needs to make sense. Like, um, I mean, I don't have it here, but uh, like I'm doing some research about like rise and fall of empires, and mm-hmm. uh, because in my my in my novel. Without giving it a lot of it, it's, it's something that's happening like in the kind of like future, maybe three, four centuries from now. And I want to understand how empires rise and fall because that's something that has been happening since
0: yeah.
1: the dawn of humankind, and it will continue happening until the sun overheats and destroys us all. So, understanding <laughs> understanding empires work, it's really important for me because I want to know. Like, mine is kind of like a dystopian cyberpunk style, uh, but I want to understand, like, how power shifted from here, what we have right now, to yeah. the, the the new empire that I'm building over there. So Very cool. doing a lot of research is important. Um, reading the type of worlds that you like, uh, it's really, really important. Um, like, for example, when I'm, again, going back to, to our fantasy things, I like worlds that feel like a character in the story. Like I don't really? want something that is that it could be done in any world. I want to finish reading a book and know that, you know what, if this had, hadn't happened in this world, the story would have never existed. And I like that yeah. feeling. So when yeah. I'm writing that, I I want to to pass that into my readers. Like this story that I'm telling it has to happen here. It couldn't happen yeah. in a different world. It couldn't happen in Middle Earth or, or anything like that. It has to happen here. So I built a world like that. So I think that's that's yeah. an important thing that nice. I, I yeah. think we as, as writers need, need to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you definitely on the research part. I mean, I think that we diverge a lot when it comes to our own writing and our own writing style and the worlds that we want to build. Um, But research is really crucial for me. I'm working on a novel right now that actually uses magical creatures and liminality and intrusive fantasy to be able to explain um, or tell a story about trauma and psychosis. So I'm doing a lot of research on psychosis um, schizophrenia the schizophrenia spectrum and trauma and how children actually they they compartmentalize that and they actually use this kind of protective system that is built around a fantasy world they do this there's studies out there that have shown this um so being able to incorporate that into this type of story i think you know it's it takes a lot of due diligence to be able to get that right yeah good point Good point there, Oscar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we reached kind of like the end of what we're talking about, world building. But before we leave, uh, we're going to be start doing something like, what are we reading now? Uh, Mm -hmm. Just a quick overview of the things that we're reading. So, KJ, you start. What are you reading right now?
0: Right. I'm not reading fantasy, so I'm a traitor. (laughs) (laughs) I picked up this book. it's called Little Eve by Catriona Ward. It is like a literary gothic um, horror. I don't really see the horror element to it, but it's considered horror. Um, set in right at the very end of World War I, um, and it in Scotland, very remote Scotland, in a castle. And it basically plays with this idea of obsessive faith, cult, and not... Um, like almost like brainwashing, you know, that sort of thing. So it's really, it's very atmospheric. And the writing is just so gorgeous. She's a phenomenal writer. So I'm excited to finish it. I'm about, yeah. I don't know, a third of the way through. I shall let it's you good.
1: know. But you How just you? said, like, called all those things. For me, that's horror yeah. just by the name. So yeah. True. That's, <laughs> I, that's I could do cool. it. That's horror.
0: <laughs> Got it. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I'm reading uh, The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie. Yeah. Um, I got this one, this copy from the library. I was I put a hold maybe three months ago. Yeah, I started reading <laughs> it. So it's grimdark fantasy. The characters are like morally gray. Um, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. But the thing is that I was like halfway through this uh, this book, and I realized that I'm liking it a lot. So I went to the bookstore and bought my own copy. And uh, and, then... The, and then the next day it was like. <laughs> Well, already bought one. Uh, it's a trilogy, so I'm just <laughs> gonna go and I, I purchased the other three. So the other two. Yes. So I <laughs> have the full trilogy, uh, and I can read it at my own pace uh, because I need to return this yeah. this book in a couple of weeks, and I really want to read this one like a slower pace because I'm really yeah. enjoying the characters. So yeah, yeah okay. I'm just getting into that. Uh, I like grimdark fantasy, and so far this has been a really good experience on on reading that.
0: Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for that.
1: So, we reached the end of our episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yes, yes um, we did. <laughs> we did. Yeah. And that's important. <laughs> that's important. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. And again, don't forget to subscribe either you're listening to in your podcast or you're watching us on YouTube. Yeah. Subscribe, like, and share it with anyone who you think would get a benefit of listening to this.
0: Yeah, or anybody who just wants a new podcast. And all also follow us on Instagram at the Why We Write Fantasy Podcast. We have all the information in the description here. So I hope to see more of you soon.